Hi, I'm David Dodge. Welcome to part five in our COP26 Tiny Explainer series. Citizens for Public Justice call themselves a progressive organization of members who are inspired by faith to act for social and environmental justice in Canadian public policy. They're watching COP26 very closely to ensure that efforts are increased to fight climate change and that those efforts involve a just transition. Good day and welcome to this edition of COP26 Tiny Explainers. I'm Mitchell Beer, publisher of The Energy Mix, and I'm speaking with Carrie Munven, Senior Policy Analyst at Citizens for Public Justice. Carrie, what social and environmental justice issues are you watching at this year's UN Climate Conference, and what would a win look like? Thank you, Mitchell. Um, I'm actually going to start by just introducing an initiative that I'm part of at Citizens for Public Justice. I have the privilege of convening the advocacy group of uh, For the Love of Creation, which brings together, I think we're up to 36 faith-based organizations in Canada who have come together under a unified banner to work towards climate justice. Um, And we have identified three key priorities. The first is that Canada increase ambition and invest in a just transition. The second is the implementation of the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. And the third is increased commitment to support uh, adaptation and mitigation measures in the Global South through increased climate finance. So how is it going with respect to your goals? I feel like what we're hearing is a reiteration of previous commitments, um, a lot of, uh, of good words around um, concern and compassion and justice, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't bear out. Yesterday, in particular, I was part of some conversations where there was a, a real good buzz around the, the commitment to... Um, stop the funding of fossil fuel, the the fossil fuel sector internationally. Because the way that the statement was phrased initially, it begs the question, well, does that mean all fossil fuel public finance? Does that mean all subsidies within Canada? And of course it doesn't, right? It's that Canada's not not gonna fund the fossil fuel sector outside of Canada, but it does nothing for all of the, the, the public finance that continues to go into fossil fuels in Canada. This week, uh, the focus shifts to the actual COP negotiations. What will it take to get a faith and social justice perspective into those negotiating rooms and to get that perspective to actually carry us to the COP decision that we need by the end of this week? One of the things that we've worked on, um, with again, within For the Love of Creation, is this is a space that for the most part, convenes people like me, policy analysts, the social justice staff, the ecological justice uh, folks within national churches and religious orders and, and other faith-based organizations. And one of the things that we've um, worked really hard at is not just in our um, government-facing engagement, though there has been quite a bit of that, but is engaging our leader, leaders, whether it's regional bishops, national bishops, um, mm-hmm moderators and and others um, so that uh, they who are responsible for um, really broad swaths of of church life are mindful and aware and informed um, of what the big issues are. And because one of the things that we're quite mindful of is that the people of faith have not had um, 
we have not done a good enough job in raising our voices. There are good numbers of super engaged folks such as Carrie Munven, but do the messages flow down to congregations and communities? We're just a handful of people who are really deeply engaged in this work.、Um, And there have been important moments where church leadership and the leaders of other faith traditions as well have spoken into this space, but it's something that we need to do more and we need to do better.、Uh, and I think part of that is on on us as the people who staff those organizations, but it is also about bringing、um, our congregations, our communities along, and that's another big piece of what we've been doing. I think if we can remain sort of grounded in our Relationships and our connection in our relationship with the created world, with with our neighbors. That's what's going to get us where we need to go. I saw a survey from the UK go by, and if I remember the numbers, they were along the lines that eighty something percent of youth in the survey、um, were not surprisingly committed and determined to be active on climate change, and only in the in in the sort of the mid fifty percent range. Um, thought that the faith communities they were a part of were on board with that. So the two things I would take away are: first of all, you're not alone if that's a challenge you're facing in Canada. But the question I would have is whether there is any scope to、um, get wider buy-in within faith communities.、Uh, well, there's there's a hint、uh, or a clue related to that in the title of the initiative that we formed, which is for the love of creation. Uh, and one of the things that we start with often,、um, there are some issues where, when people look at religious texts, it's really clear, you know, on poverty. There's no question that that's a, an issue that people of faith are are called to engage in. There are debates sometimes in terms of whether it's more of a charity or justice model that we don't we don't need to get into. For whatever reason, there's there's less awareness, I think, of The way that climate or environmental issues are reflected in in what、uh, people are faith, of faith are invited to do. So part of it is really just taking other, another look at some of the texts that people are very familiar with,、um, asking questions, encouraging people to reflect maybe a little differently. But then the other part, and this is where I spend a lot of my time, is around creating the connections that we have with the natural world,、um, and because everybody has that place, whether it's you know your grandma's farm that you visited when you were a kid, or the lake、uh, that you would swim in on summer vacation, or and and encouraging people to find to remember those places. Munven says politicians risk losing their social license if they don't engage, involve, and invite communities to be part of the transition to a low-carbon economy.、Um, well, others were watching some of the civil society events.、Um, the, I mean, one of the ones that really rose to the top for us was the Indigenous Clean Energy, which was a panel of Canadians、uh, to bring clean energy to Indigenous communities. And the, and it's this these community pieces I think are where there there is real energy. Pardon the pun. One of my big takeaways so far, and that I think will will carry into next week, is that we absolutely need to continue to press for the large scale systems changes that we know need to happen to reduce emissions at the level that are needed. But we also need to continue to build conversation, to build community, to have dialogue. So that we can encourage one another 
in all of our small ways to move forward because it's through that kind of engagement that I think we're going to um, shift minds and hearts around what's, what needs to be done and what's possible to a point that our governments will no longer have the social license that allows them you know, to speak about the city, the community of Lytton burning to the ground and how devastating that was. Well, people are still in limbo about where, whether or not they have anywhere to return to or what's going to happen with their businesses or, um, but to, to sort of bring those pieces together. So connecting with nature, connecting with one another and, and working together, I think are really fundamental pieces. I really love the, the image, the metal picture you're creating of negotiators and diplomats going into these rooms, carrying in mind, whether it's memories of Lytton or memories of whatever, um, uh, whatever equivalent or worse impacts are going on in their own parts of the world and carrying into those rooms, the beloved places and the communities they care about that are a part of their lives. Carrie, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, This has been the sixth in our series of COP26 Tiny Explainer broadcasts. You can find more of our explainers on the Green Energy Futures website and on the energymix.ca. Text summaries are also in our daily digest during the COP. Carrie Munben, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mitchell. Thanks to Mitchell Beer of the Energy Mix and Kerry Munben of Citizens for Public Justice. As climate impacts are being felt around the world and the economy goes through massive upheaval and change, organizations such as CPJ are advocating for a just transition to ensure those most impacted and least responsible are fully engaged in building the sustainable world of the future. Thanks for listening and follow our COP26 Tiny Explainers at TheEnergyMix.com and GreenEnergyFutures.ca. For COP26 Tiny Explainers, I'm David Dodge. Mm-hmm.